My name is Jessica Swayden. I am the co-founder of Synchronicity Earth, an organization that acts to address overlooked and underfunded conservation challenges for globally threatened species and ecosystems. What is your work and how does it relate to climate change? Well, my work within and beyond Synchronicity Earth is all about gaps. The gaps in the amount of philanthropy that supports global biodiversity and the gaps in what is supported shining a light on overlooked species like amphibians, freshwater fish, and other amazing creatures like Philippine crocodiles, pangolins, orangutans, and white-bellied herons. And also shining a light on vital ecosystems like the Congo Basin and the high in the deep seas, systems like mangrove forests and seagrasses, species and ecosystems that taken together form the fabric of life, the very foundation of our existence. Global biodiversity is not only negatively impacted by climate change, but of course is a major part of the solution. Protecting and restoring global biodiversity helps us mitigate against climate change. There's a reason we have co-evolved alongside an abundance of species and indeed cultural diversity. All of it has contributed to our ability to thrive and to flourish. But now our dominant culture of consumerism is rapidly dismantling our life support system and has been for some time. And there are other gaps around social justice that my work helps to address because they're deeply intertwined to biodiversity. When acknowledged and supported, uplifting and creating space for youth, indigenous peoples, and of course women, we're presented with a diversity of values and ideas that generate solutions to the twin ecological and climate crises. I'm particularly interested in weaving together the multitude of solutions that we know exist, but aren't yet listening to. Why is COP26 important to your work? Well, COP26 is really the big tent for geopolitical positioning and commitments. It sets the direction of travel and tone for all nations to work together to reduce global emissions and restore and protect ecosystems and the communities that live within them. Behind the COP26, though, are other important events and processes that inform the narratives and provide recommendations for policies and commitments. Things like the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, the IUCN, and the Convention on Biological Diversity, the CBD. The IUCN World Conservation Congress takes place in September in Marseille. The CBD COP15 is happening in Kunming, China in October. These are both followed by the COP26 in Glasgow. So for instance, nature-based solutions have been recognized as one of the five major action tracks of the COP26. The IUCN introduced the idea of nature-based solutions some years ago as a way in which to frame the importance of global biodiversity, specifically with regard to mitigating against climate change. The very language of nature-based solutions continues to be reworked and refreshed and this forms a large part of what happens at the CBD. The goal here being to finalize the post-2020 biodiversity framework. It is widely agreed that nature-based solutions can play a significant but limited role in mitigating climate change and only if we simultaneously decarbonize the global economy. The guidelines for nature-based solutions involve the protection, restoration, and management of a wide range of natural ecosystems on land and in the sea. They are to be designed, implemented, and managed and monitored by or in, or in partnership 
with indigenous peoples and local communities through a process that fully respects and champions local rights and knowledge and generates local benefits. They're meant to be supporting or enhancing biodiversity. And by that, I mean the, the biodiversity of life from the gene all the way to the ecosystem. So how do we articulate, so how we articulate, embed, and act in accordance with nature-based solutions at the global policy level provides an essential and critical framework for accountability. My organization, Synchronous Earth, will still be working in the gaps, working locally with communities to protect and restore biodiversity, but the more that this kind of work can be woven into the global matrix of best practice and support, and the more buy-in and commitment we have from the highest levels of government and business, the more effective we will be. If women's voices were equally represented at COP26, what difference would it make? Well, it would make all the difference in the world because it would mean we are closer to operating in a far fair and just society that values a multitude of voices and perspectives. For me, this isn't a nice to have, it is an essential to. The crisis we find ourselves in is largely the result of a monocultural approach to operating. Whether we're talking about unfettered free market capitalism, food systems, consumer culture, ideas, or even the voices that we hear from. I strongly believe the way out of the twin climate and ecological crises will only be solved once we truly open up our forums and embrace a mosaic of voices, actions, and interventions. We know that women, alongside youth and indigenous people, are among the most marginalized voices in our society, and as such, are an integral part of the solution. 